My Govanen, welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel, I'm the Tolkien Geek, and today, if you're watching this on the day of release, is Tolkien Reading Day 2022. So, as usual, the group of Tolkien YouTubers that I'm a part of is doing a collaboration based on the theme of Tolkien Reading Day announced for this year, which is Love and Friendship. So, when I was thinking about this theme, there's obviously just a ton of different places you could go with this, because there are many, many relationships in The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, The Silmarillion, that are either a romantic love, or a friendship love, or a familial love. There's just all kinds of different ways you could go with this. So I decided to pick one that is probably mostly overlooked by most people, at least in terms of really examining stuff in a, in a serious way, and that's Merry and Pippin. Merry and Pippin have a kind of unique position in the story because they are family, distant really, distantly related, but they're also very good friends, even apart from that, and through the quest become even closer in a lot of ways and end up doing a lot of things either together or apart that really set their relationship in a unique light. A lot of people, when they think of things that are kind of representative of Tolkien's life, think of Frodo and Sam. Frodo, of course, being kind of in the position that Tolkien was in World War One, and Sam being the Batman that Tolkien would have had during that conflict. But Merry and Pippin serve a kind of similar role, and I'll get into that a little bit, as well as many of the other things. So let's take a look at Merry and Pippin's part in this story and how they really exemplify love and friendship in their relationship both to each other and to other characters in the story. So, of course, one of the first things that we know about Merry and Pippin is that they are Frodo's cousins. That is literally almost the first thing we know about them because it mentions that Frodo is friends with some of his younger cousins and including Merry and Pippin. They're both about half a generation behind Frodo in terms of age, so it's kind of interesting that they are that close friends with each other. I mean, they're, I think, 15 years apart for Mary and about 22 years apart for Pippin. So that's a pretty significant time difference, even if you are only coming of age at 33. Nevertheless, he's very close friends with both of them, and the major thing that we get out of the early chapters is that Mary and Pippin, along with uh, Fredegar Bulger, also known as Fatty Bulger, seem to somehow come into the knowledge that Frodo is trying to escape, largely through Sam, but partially through Mary's own efforts and observations and whatnot. And because of what they know, they are, because of their very close friendship with Frodo, insisting that they go along with Frodo into exile, which is in and of itself a rather huge deal, because both of these characters, Mary and Pippin, are the sons of basically the heads of the two of the biggest households in the Shire. Pippin, of course, is the son of the Thane of the Shire, the old Took. Well, not the old Took, the, the head Took, the head of the Took family. Mary is the son of the master of Brandy Hall, the head of the Brandybuck family. So both of them are used to kind of a life of relative luxury by Hobbit standards. They're both relatively well off. They not They're young. They haven't really had to do a whole lot in their lives yet. So, it's 
a really a big step for them to insist on flying from the Shire basically straight into danger and, you know, putting themselves in hardship because they're going to be walking and, and living on who knows what rations as they go forward. They know they kind of have an, a destination. They're trying to get to Rivendell, but, you know, that's not going to be an easy trip. I mean, if they knew anything about Bilbo's stories, and they certainly did, they know that Bilbo took quite a while to get to Rivendell, and it wasn't a piece of cake just to get there. You have to travel a pretty good ways through some not necessarily entirely friendly territory. So we're already off to a start here. Merry and Pippin are friends with each other, but they're also very deeply friendly with Frodo to the extent that they're willing to basically put their lives on hold and even put them at risk in order to help Frodo in his quest. Now this is despite the fact that Frodo tries to dissuade them from going, and he very explicitly does this in the chapter called A Conspiracy Unmasked, where he is profoundly you know, grateful for their willingness to go, but he really tries to talk them out of it. And not only Frodo, but even at Rivendell, whenever Merry and Pippin find out that Frodo has decided to take the ring to Mount Doom, you know, even beyond what he had originally planned, and that, you know, Sam is being chosen to go with him, they feel it's kind of unfair because now they feel like, well, what about us? We should be going too. And Elrond tries to dissuade them from going as well. He especially doesn't want Pippin to go, and he wants to send both of them back to the Shire to warn the hobbits of things that might happen in the near future because of everything that's going on. Gandalf actually intercedes on behalf of both Merry and Pippin at this point and tells Elrond, you know, I think in this case we should actually put more weight on their friendship than think about this in terms of who is prudentially the best person to send along. Because even if we send somebody like, say, Glorfindel, he can't scale the walls of Mordor anyway, so better to rely on their friendship than any wisdom of a choice we might make otherwise. Elrond does give in, and Gandalf will little later say, specifically of uh, Merry, I believe, because it's, I think, in the aftermath of the Witch King fight with Eowyn, that he has more than repaid his confidence. So Gandalf is also seeing kind of in advance that their friendship is going to be really important on multiple levels. And we will see that throughout the course of the story. Now, for a good chunk of the story, Merry and Pippin don't really contribute much, especially in the Fellowship of the Ring. They do a few things, but... They're mostly background characters until the end of the Fellowship, where they're captured by the Urukai. And here's where their friendship with each other really starts to become a bigger part of the story, because they are on their own, separated from the rest of the company. And even in this position, you know, they are thinking of the other members, because they don't know what's become of Frodo yet. They don't know what's become of Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas, any of these people. They know Boromir is dead, or at least wounded, probably to the point of mortality because of what they witnessed. But they don't know what happened to any of the other members of the Fellowship, other than, of course, Gandalf, who had already died in Moria. So they're worried about themselves, but they're also still worried about Frodo and Sam and all the others. And it's in the context of being captured by the Urukai that Pippin really starts to pick up some of the, the weight of you know, the, getting these two characters through to hopefully a better end than just being carried off and killed or who knows what was going to happen at the end of this trip. 
he's the one that has the brains to get rid of his brooch to leave a trail for anybody who might be following. And, of course, Mary is more wounded than Pippin, and that's part of the reason why Pippin is having to pick up a lot of the slack here. But nevertheless, this is kind of Pippin's moment to shine. It's where he really starts to come into his own and start behaving like a really mature adult, which technically he's not even an adult, an adult yet by Hobbit standards. But he's also caring for Mary and trying to make sure that Mary's okay with you know the wound that he has on his head. And when they finally do escape, you know they have to take care of each other, make sure. Hey, do you still have any food? We got to make sure that we can you know actually continue on our legs because it's all we got. And when they finally do escape, they do in fact just kind of sit down and have a meal because they can't go very far before finally making it off into the forest of Thungorn. After this point, of course, they again kind of take a back seat because while they do some part in you know helping the Ents get themselves together to attack Isengard, it's really the Ents in the book who make the, the decision to do this. In the movie, they kind of shift a lot of this onto Merry and Pippin, but in the book, it's really not so heavy. They might kind of light a spark that makes it happen faster, but the Ents don't need any convincing at the end of the day like they do in the movie. Nevertheless, we get snatches throughout this that, you know, Pippin and Merry are still very much thinking of all the other members of their fellowship because they have become very much friends with everybody even beyond Frodo and Sam. So they're, you know, this idea of their friendship with other people keeps popping up in the story. It specifically mentions at one point that they're thinking of, you know, the others and wishing they could see them, especially Frodo, Sam, and Strider. So their friendship is something that, while it may kind of be on a back burner next to the things that they're really having to focus on in the front, whenever they have a little bit of downtime, it comes back to the surface. And that connection they have with the other characters is never completely forgotten or left out of the story. Later on, whenever they are taking part in, you know, some of the events that go on in Rohan and Isengard, one of them actually ends up telling Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli when they arrive at Isengard that for a while they were thinking of them even more than Frodo and Sam because they heard that they were in the Battle of Helm's Deep. Of course, they didn't know it was Helm's Deep or really any of the geography or anything. They just knew there was a battle going on. So again, that idea of they're thinking of other people who are in more danger than they currently are again comes to the surface. It's a, something that they never really forget. They have this you know, really traumatic experience happened to them, but that doesn't drive out of their consciousness the really profound relationship they have with other people and what they might know they're going through. And so they never forget that, and it's always something that's in their mind that bubbles up whenever there's an opportunity. We even get glimpses of kind of weird coincidences because at one point Frodo is you know, looking at a sunset, and Pippin is looking at the same sunset. And Pippin, it tells us, is wondering where Frodo is, if he's already in Mordor, and he's, you know, not knowing, of course, that Frodo is looking at the same sunset from whatever location. I think it's actually at the crossroads that Frodo and Sam are looking at the sunset. I forget the exact specific reference, but again, it keeps drawing our attention. The story keeps drawing our attention to the connection that Merry and Pippin have, not only with each other, but with all these other characters, and especially Frodo and Sam, because they knew Frodo and Sam the first 
and they also have the deepest connection with him, and Frodo and Sam are also the ones who are carrying on the main part of the quest. We also get a reference to Merry being lonely for Pippin, because when Pippin rides off with Gandalf, Merry is left alone, and Merry feels a lot kind of like baggage. You know, he keeps having this thought in his own mind that he's just being carried around to no real purpose, just to be dropped off at some other location. And he's really lonely for Pippin because of Pippin's, you know, just very positive attitude, his constant conviviality and, you know, his funny nature and all this other stuff. So Merry is really missing that element of his friendship with Pippin. But in the midst of thinking about Pippin, Merry also remembers that he's forgetting Frodo and Sam, who are, you know, in, in some ways far more important even than Pippin. And of course, his missing Pippin is in some ways kind of a self-centered lack. It's not the same as just thinking of Pippin in terms of friendship. Merry and Pippin, of course, become reunited after the Battle of the Pelennor Fields, and it's here that their friendship with each other really takes up takes up again, because Merry, after the conflict with the Witch King, is affected by the Black Breath, and not really completely aware of what he's doing or where he's going. He's following along behind the kind of funeral procession, so as it were, of Theoden, and gets lost in the city of Minas Tirith, and Pippin luckily finds him, and Pippin helps him get to the Houses of Healing. And here again, we see Pippin having to kind of take up the leadership role of the two, because Mary's the one in worse shape again. And their friendship again gets kind of torn apart a little bit, because Mary has to stay behind, because he's still healing, when Pippin goes off with Aragorn and all the others to go to the the Black Gate. And again, we get that same kind of dynamic where Merry is missing Pippin, wishing he was there. Pippin is, you know, also thinking of Frodo and Sam more so, especially because after the the Mouth of Sauron showed them the mithril coat and all that stuff, that's really present in his mind. And I should mention here too, by the way, the, the movie version where Pippin and Merry are both there, that's again not quite the same as the book. The book, Mary Stays Behind. Um, So we have all these references that keep popping up of how their friendship is affecting the way they're thinking and their outlook on things and all of this other stuff. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with their being separated from each other. And this is where I want to come back to how it relates to Tolkien's life, because whereas Frodo and Sam may have the relationship that Tolkien might have had with his Batman... Merry and Pippin are in some ways more reminiscent of Tolkien in his connection with the other members of the Tea Club and Barovian Society, which was the group of like-minded individuals he had when he was in his school days. And these, all four of them went to war, and they mostly kept in touch by correspondence. They were not together. And so there were letters between them, and especially between... There's one very famous one between Tolkien and, was it Wiseman or was it G.B. Smith? I forget which one it was, but one of them wrote a letter to Tolkien about how he kind of felt like he might be, you know, about to die and hoped that Tolkien would carry on the the kinds of things that they were hoping to do as a group. Um, And only one of the other members survived, which I think was Wiseman. So the letter was probably G.B. Smith, I think. Um, but the overall feel of it is very similar. It's like they're really missing each other and, you know, 
that idea of their camaraderie and having to be separated and not really being able to talk to each other except by mail, which in the time of war, who knows when you get stuff and whether it makes it where it's even going to get. So a lot of that is very reminiscent of Merry and Pippin being separated both from each other and from Frodo and Sam and the other members of the Fellowship. So there's this very strong connection between Tolkien and these other members that is very much mirrored in the connection that Merry and Pippin have both to each other and to the other members of the Fellowship, which is under this constant strain of being separated in a, you know, wars in a foreign area. They're so far from home, farther away than Tolkien would have been from his home, but Tolkien had to cross the English Channel to get to where he went, so it's not like he was, you know, just a a joyride back to the house either. So it's a very similar idea in a lot of ways that this deep connection of these people still holds up under all the strain and pressure. So at the end of the day, what Merry and Pippin really exemplify is that rather cliche line that love really does conquer all. Frodo and Sam exemplify that in their own unique way because they conquer a lot of obstacles in getting to their goal. But Merry and Pippin exemplify it in the way that no matter the time, the distance, whatever comes between people who have that level of deep friendship, you can't end it. It's not a thing that goes away, and it's something that affects you even when that person that you have that relationship with is nowhere near. So that's a very big, important thing, and that was a big thing for Tolkien in his life. He really valued the idea of having close friends that he could share lots of different things with, even if they weren't you know, there all the time or whatever, to him, having that close male friendship was just as important as having a very deep romantic relationship with his wife. Or if not as important, at least very important in a different way. So I think that that's a very significant aspect of the story that tends to get a little bit overlooked because we're usually focused on other parts of the story. Or even when we're looking at Mary and Pippin's parts of the story, we tend to be looking at other things besides the way that their relationships affect the way that they think and do the things in their own parts of the story. So that is my contribution for Tolkien Reading Day. Of course, there will be a link in the description below for a playlist of all the other Tolkien YouTubers' content on this topic. So do check that out. Get all their stuff. It's going to be a lot of great videos on this one. So make sure you check all that out. And if you, of course, want to follow me, you can subscribe and click that bell icon to make sure you get all my notifications. You can also follow me on Twitter at JRRTLore for occasional Tolkien-related trivia questions. You can catch me on podcast versions and at Rumble and Odyssey. And you can support me over at Patreon. Until the next time, I'm the Tolkien Geek, signing out for the Tolkien Lore Channel. Namarie.